Again, a non-gay is a podcast from James Barr and Dan Hudson. Whether you identify as gay or non-gay, you'll totes be offended by this. Welcome to a gay and a non-gay. James did a DJ set recently in a bizarre place, <laughs> shall we say. And that place is 10 Downing Street. Yeah. London, England. Mm-hmm. Westminster, England, rather. What was going on there? I was invited to DJ at a London Pride LGBTQ plus reception that the government of the United Kingdom had put on to announce their new LGBT action plan. So Tessa May invited me to DJ in the garden at number 10. And I'm the first ever person to have DJed at number 10 Downing Street. Really? Yeah, how cool is that? When, you know when Tony Blair had that party and Noel Gallagher turned up? Yeah. <laughs> was there no one, I don't no music? Either, no, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I am the uh, I um, am the David Guetta of Downing Street. It's a good booking. Do you think? I didn't think you'd say that. I thought you'd be really anti it. Well, it's not for me to be anti, anti or not, is it? I was rather not be asked to do that so I wouldn't have to think about it. Right. Yeah, it's a quite an impossible situation to be in. I think our listeners will be split as to whether you should have done it or not given like the current government's. Yeah. Uh so did you not did you think I'm not going to do it? No, not at all. I immediately thought I would. Okay. I didn't I didn't have a second thought about it. But I can see why people would be anti it. But then at the same time I don't So yeah, I mean, we haven't really explained what's going on. We're just assuming knowledge here from people. Well, the Conservative Party traditionally has not being particularly helpful to the LGBT community. And we discussed that in the Section 28 episode. So that's one element. And the other element is that the current administration isn't really that helpful and has, for people outside the UK, and even people in the UK, so the Conservative government is being propped up in a minority government by the Democratic Unionist Party of Northern Ireland, who don't have a great track record. No, because actually gay marriage is not... We say it's legal in the UK, it actually isn't because it's not legal in Northern Ireland, which is part of the United Kingdom. It's legal in England, Wales and Scotland. I know it's so confusing to the US audience. But yeah, it's not legal in Northern Ireland. And abortion is illegal in Northern Ireland. It now is legal in Ireland, but not in Northern Ireland, which is part of the United Kingdom, which is meant to be this beacon of liberalism. I don't really buy that argument about the DUP. I don't get it. Because I know what's going on. I know the government has to go into cahoots with them to prop themselves up so they could continue to run the country and serve themselves. They didn't have to do that. Well, what would have been the other option? Well, the the opposition could have formed a government. Yeah, but they had less votes. So they had less of a, a right to do that. Not necessarily. If the Labour had joined forces with the SNP, for example, would they, which they never would have done, right? Why not? No, they th- probably would have. D- probably would have done. Right. Okay, not. but they didn't have the right to because no, the they- Conservative government gets the first. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. Option because they have more votes. But they could. But also, like, okay, we hate the DUP, but people in Northern Ireland must have voted for the DUP. Yeah. So rep- those people to- are legitimately like NPs in the UK. By a group of other people. They, they've been voted for. They represent the people, right? Well, no, because the point that you're missing, they, they're elected to represent the constituents in their area. They're not elected to make national policy, which is what they, they're now doing. So that's why it's undemocratic and farcical. Do you see what I mean? I mean, I do, but I also still think, well, like, I, my point wasn't that. My point was more just like people have voted for them, so those people's opinions are valid anyway. But yeah, you're right. They shouldn't be running the country because they're only a small Northern Ireland party. Anyway, my point is, 
I didn't feel as though, and I still think this, that I wasn't, I wasn't being asked by Theresa May. I was being asked by civil servants that work in Number 10 for the government. Right? Yeah. It's the government of the United Kingdom, regardless of party or... But it's not, you can't separate it. Like, you can't separate Why? I think, I think you should. No, I don't think you can. I think you should. Well, there's two ways of looking at it. One, you could, you could say, by going there, you're endorsing the administration. And another way of looking at it, in the same way, is by not going, you could have made a big protest statement by declining the invitation. I just think that makes you look like... I don't know. I think that's such, that's attention seeking for me. To me, I feel like that is attention seeking. Yeah, but, it, like, but it's people but that it's, tweet stuff like that. Oh, I, I today I was invited by this publication to write this, or I was invited by this politician to do this, but I hate them. So no, f you. I'm not going. And then all the retweets come in, and they look really amazing, and yeah, everyone's like, it's, it's "Oh my seeking, god, you're such a great person." But it's seeking attention for good causes normally. Like there's an element of... It feels very contrived to me. Yeah, there's it an element feel of that, genuine. But, so, but so everything is these days, isn't it? So you've got to make allowances. <laughs> not, no, I don't think so. Would I you, think that's fair. Would you DJ at the White House? No. Why not? <laughs> Absolutely not. Why not? Because I feel like the American president and the way their system works is quite different to the UK one in that he seems to bring on all of his staff, whereas the staff at number 10 stay the same, don't they? Regardless of who's in charge of the country. Is that not correct? Uh yeah, that's correct. Whereas in the White House, everyone seems to get kicked out. Their website changed. They took off loads of LGBT um, yeah. rights from their website on the day of the, the administration change. Like, it seems like a much... Would you DJ at the White House? No. I, and I would make a song and dance about it if I got asked. I wouldn't. I just wouldn't do it. I would. I, th- I don't know why you'd make a song and dance about it. Because I'd be raising awareness. What's the, what's the no, point? No, you're not raising awareness. Yeah, you are. If I get invited by Donald Trump for, for some reason to go to the White House and I don't go and I make a statement about it and people retweet it or whatever. Well, why don't you just tweet that anyway? No one's going to know whether he actually invited you or not. If you haven't accepted the invitation, then an invitation is not valid. But you're missing an opportunity to big yourself up and say, look how yeah, great okay, I am. There's an element of bigging myself up. So to be honest, to offset that, I'd probably give some money to charity or something. Just Oh, to, please. No, you wouldn't. What do you mean? No, no I wouldn't. What do you mean? How well, do you, because I, you're only I, saying that because I'm questioning you, but you may not have even thought about that previously. No, I, Maybe I, now you would and go, okay, well, if I'm going to do that, I'm going to give the charity. But previously, before this conversation, I don't think you would have done that. No one would think to do that. No, I do, I do. I do. I have a bit of a policy. Oh, another policy, everyone. <laughs> I can't take you seriously. It's, it's more of a policy proposal at this stage. Okay, right. There's, there's a white paper in my head. Great. On it. Dan studied politics, everyone. He knows the paper colours. I, yeah, if, I sometimes feel if I'm benefiting from, from somebody else's misfortune, then I kind of I generally give money to a charity in that area, if that makes any sense. Would you DJ for Putin if you were Russian? Well, Elton John wants to talk to Putin. Yeah, but he doesn't want to... So maybe, maybe I would. Do a rendition of Crocodile I don't know, I think the point is, if if you're invited, you show up and you say what you want to say, right? But you didn't... I did speak to her. What did you say? (laughs) You you haven't even asked me. I did speak to her. I did talk to (laughs) Theresa May. Did you tell her about the podcast? No. Why not? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I said, oh, I host a podcast. I have a listen. It's really funny. We talk about the admin and to do with gay sex and douching. And And we've just been in the Financial Times. That would have made a listen. Yeah, that would have made a listen. Yeah. So the the government have announced an LGBTQ action plan. And I guess it was the launch party for for this, right? (laughs) The launch party. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it was a launch party. There was a lot of... It was kind of beautiful, actually. 
Really? Yeah, like I disagree with a lot of what's going I mean, the majority of what's going on in this country right now. And we don't really ever talk about politics here. We kind of do, actually. I mean, everything's do we? political, isn't it? But yeah, go on. I just felt as though better to have a government, especially in the current climate, when you've got Putin ignoring LGBT people everywhere and worse, and Trump and everything he's doing, spreading bile about gay people and LGBT people. I think it's very important that the UK government is standing up and saying lives for LGBT people in our country are not good enough and we should do something about that. Now, whether that is lies or whether she's the right person to say that because she voted against gay marriage and she has a very bad history of LGBT rights as the Home Secretary, whatever, is another conversation. But the fact that she, as the British Prime Minister, is standing up and saying that, that is important. That is the right thing to do. That is us going in the right direction, right? Yeah. That's how I feel. So I, that's what that was my feeling of the whole thing. I thought, well, things aren't great. Things could be better. The DUP, Brexit, et cetera, et cetera. But in a very unstable climate, for the prime ministers to stand up and say, we were wrong about Section 28 and almost apologize for it, for voting for it. And then also Peter Tatchell, who's an incredible activist, was also in the crowd. She literally, during her speech, singled him out and thanked him for his activism. And he protested in the streets of Moscow during the World Cup and was arrested. And she said, quote, and for what you did in Moscow, thank you. The British government thanked him for his protesting in Moscow. Two things. One, I mean, if Peter Tatchell's going, I would, that would be enough of a justification, I think. So should I just reply to the haters saying Peter Tatchell went, CC, Peter Tatchell? <laughs> yeah, possibly. But actually, I think what you're saying is nonsense. I don't, I don't think it's, it's, really? it's a big, oh, oh my God, they apologize. Like they, they've only apologized now because it's politically expedient to do it. And they, yeah, they I literally mean, don't have a choice. I don't think you can stand there and go, they do oh have my a choice. God, like how... Not really. Not yeah, they do. I they could just it's, really. I, I don't think it's it's a vote winner anymore to be as blatantly homophobic as they were. It doesn't matter if it's a vote winner if that's how they feel. Come on, though. It's, we're talking about politicians, so right. So you just feel they're just doing it because it's a vote winner. We're doing it because I think they have to now because the climate's changed so much. And from this vantage point, it is ridiculous. It was ridiculous at the time as well. I don't think they could go on and on and on when we're living in a country where things are getting better all the time for LGBT groups. I don't think you could have a government who introduced that legislation not apologise for it by now. But I don't think they get any credit for it. I think it's just like, okay, apology, apology heard, but not necessarily... I'm not giving them any credit. Accepted. You are, though. You're no, saying, oh, it was amazing that she... Oh, no, I'm not. I'm not saying... You're completely mishearing that, and I'm sure lots of people are. I am not saying she's amazing at all. I'm saying it's amazing that we are in a country where the Prime Minister right, will stand okay. up and say those things. That's what's amazing. We're lucky to have that from where we've been. Yeah. I'm not giving her any credit, and I'm happy she apologised, but I don't necessarily forgive her. I actually right. don't forgive her. But that I don't need to forgive her. I just need to go, thank you for now. Yeah. Being, no. So that's what I said to her. I said, I said, I grew up at school during Section 28. Thank you for being a prime minister that is on our side now. You said that to her? Yeah, that's what I said. What did she say? She nodded and said, thank you. It was like a two-second conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She also told me she could hear my music very loudly in her office while she was trying to work. Oh, really? Which is funny. Have you derailed Brexit? <laughs> it's all my fault, guys. Anyway, I don't know like, if that is the right thing to say or not. I'm not sure what you would say, but that is how I feel. I'm thankful we have a prime minister that is saying the right things.
However, the editor of Attitude magazine, who I write for, wrote an incredible piece at the front of this month's issue and points out quite rightly that although there is now set to be more LGBT inclusion in schools in the United Kingdom, if you're a religious school, you can decide to be exempt from that teaching. And as gay conversion therapy all comes through religious groups, mostly, that needs to be solved. So why is she not doing something about that? And then, of course, there's gay refugees that she is not welcoming in right now. And there are countless other things to sort out, but at least it's the right direction, no? Yeah, there's nothing unagreeable about that. And that's kind of why I did it, because I was like, this is we're going the right direction. But you do need to turn up to be counted. Yeah. And, I, and I made sure my playlist was fully LGBT artists only and icons oh, really? like Diana Ross or whatever. But yeah, I just was like, I'm not playing any, there's no bullshit here. No Metallica. No, no Metallica. <laughs> it was very much queer, positive pop. And I felt really good about that. Because that's also part of the that's also part of the message that I wanted to like bring and be. I don't know if it, if I did the right thing or not. I certainly didn't go for a jolly. <laughs> I certainly wasn't there because of that. I was there because I'm proud of where the UK is at from where it was in terms of LGBT rights inclusion. And to go from something where we had Section 28, what, 30 years ago, to now have an action plan which literally says it will introduce mandatory relationship education in primary schools and relationship and sex education in secondary schools with regards to LGBTQ plus inclusion and, and to talk about how life needs to be better for LGBT people in this country. To go to that from Section 28, that is mind-blowingly awesome. But they need to get on with it. This conversion therapy thing is a cop-out though, isn't it? What do you mean? So the policy, as I understand, is to end conversion, th- gay conversion therapy, gay conversion therapy in the UK, which, to be honest, I didn't realise was a thing. <laughs> so I'm pretty ignorant on that. I knew it was a thing in, Amer- in certain American right. states, but I didn't realise it was a thing over here. But it doesn't. The, religious organisations are exempt, yeah. so they may as well not bother because yeah. all of the who who else drives this other than religious organizations yeah nobody does do they they're it's always in quote marks christian organizations isn't it so that's we can tick that off the list as something that's not happening yeah a gay and a non-gay the one thing that throws me a little it's i don't know if you saw this news but the biggest headline from the action plan and the research they did it was the world's biggest lgbt survey i think by government anyway they found that a third of gay people in the UK were too scared to hold hands in public. Yeah. And I was working with loads of straight people, non-gays, that morning when that story came out, and everyone was, like, really shocked. And I could not understand why they were so shocked to hear that. Were you shocked? No, not really. It's completely believable, isn't it? I mean, do you hold hands with people in public? No, because I've literally had people shout shit at me even, like, a year ago when I did it. Even in London? Or, yeah, or I was walking through a park in Hackney and someone shouted some homophobic abuse at me. What did they shout? I think it was the F word. Really? Yeah. I was just like, wow. I, I think I just said that. Wow, I think, <laughs> was my reply. Because what did you say? She had two children with her as well. But it happens all the time. It isn't safe to hold your hands with someone in public that you love. And that is very distressing, that straight people are allowed to do that, and it's totally normalised. Mm. But we're not allowed to. Um, and actually, it's scary. You look at other people when you're doing it to check they're not looking at you. Yeah. You start realizing you're going to attract hate. It would be like you going to a Katy Perry concert and starting to mosh. Like, everyone would be like, what are you doing? You'd be aware that that was very wrong. Yeah. And that's how 
it feels, I think. I don't know, that's the worst analogy ever. No, it's a good analogy. That's how it feels, yeah. being a gay person holding hands with someone. You feel dirty and you feel ashamed. And it, quest- it makes you question your feelings to the other person as well. That's the worst thing about it. In what sense? Well, because you're holding hands and then suddenly you're like, oh, I shouldn't be doing this. So you're like, should I be with you? And then you start having, I start having all these other thoughts about how wrong that relationship perhaps is. So do you lose respect for each other because you're not allowed to actually just be? If someone shouts something offensive at you, both holding hands together as a unit, they've attacked you as a unit, haven't they? Yeah. So do you stay as a unit or are you like, ah, get off me? Well, how would you feel if you were with a girlfriend and you were holding hands and someone shouted something mean at you? I don't really like holding hands, but hypothetically... I don't. I don't know. It sounds. It's awful, isn't it? I'd like to think that I'd crack on, but I, I actually have no idea. I probably couldn't be asked with the admin of arguing in the street with people. Do you know what I mean? So but, you just wouldn't do it, yeah. So I. I don't. I yeah. Which I, is basically true. You just think, oh god, I, I just can't be bothered. It's bad, isn't it? I think it's like anything though. Like I definitely do not want to go on holiday to homophobic countries because I can't be bothered. No. I'd rather be at home. Oh, let's not get into that one again. Yeah. So it's a real... I, I don't know what's right or what's wrong. I guess follow your truth. However you feel, follow that. I do hold hands with guys, but I just feel uncomfortable doing yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> but that's. But then I also smile at big, other... I'm, I'm impressed that you do that because it's a big statement. It's a bold statement. It's a protest about standing but it up it shouldn't for, be a protest. It shouldn't be, but it is. And that's what's so upsetting about it. I don't yeah. want to be protesting. If I'm holding hands with someone on yeah. a date, why is that a protest? It's not fair that that's suddenly a protest. Yeah, but it is, isn't it? But it, that's not fair. No, I know. I don't want it to be a protest. I just want to be anonymous like everybody else. <laughs> yeah. Holding hands with someone because I'm enjoying their company or whatever. Yeah. It's not fair that that has to be a protest. Yeah. That is sort of... You probably just hit on something quite powerful there. That That, oh, it's a protest thing. That is definitely running throughout that runs throughout my entire life i think to an extent what that everything's a protest yeah yeah i mean it, it kind of is it, and actually yeah. it's really exhausting no wonder i feel like such a introvert sometimes and like i'm tired by the world because you do have to like constantly educate people even so much as those straight people that i was just explaining who are amazing and very inclusive and beautiful but yeah they were like what really why and then of course they go oh my god yeah yeah because you just don't think about it because why would you it's not your problem but it sadly is such a problem yeah for lgbt people yeah of course that um but it's just so shocking that people don't notice it like when the pulse attack happened in orlando i was just so devastated as i'm sure so many people were but at work with loads of non-gay people i work with it was like it didn't even happen they just weren't even, it wasn't even on their radar. It wasn't until 7 p.m. that day in the UK, UK time, when someone in my improv team just casually took me aside and went, are you okay? And I was like, oh, thank you, Amanda, for noticing that my community has just been attacked. But the rest of the world didn't really even notice it. Weird. Say there's an attack in Paris. You're going to ring a friend that lives in Paris or text a friend and say, thinking of you. Yeah. Or if, say, a mosque was attacked... You would see a Muslim friend the next day. You would say, I'm so sorry, I hope you're okay. Because you would know that they're connected to that. Yeah. And I think it's just the same thing, isn't it? It's like about being visible. And it just surprises me how invisible LGBT people are. Especially even stuff with like Chechnya. And it's like, how do you not know about this? 
Like, why are we... Do you know what I mean? I just don't understand how we... What, how, sometimes it's just exhausting being a protest. Yeah. And feeling invisible. And actually being reminded constantly that you are. But you're only aware... You're aware of, the, of what's going on in Chechnya and Russia because it's very much affecting, like, as you say, your community. Whereas it's not... Like, the, the, the non-gay community, if you like, the wider community... It's not an attack on them. It's an attack on humanity and uh, you know, yeah, exactly. Course, yeah, but it's not an attack on them. No, so therefore they just don't care. It's, no, <laughs> it's, it's more natural for it to you to have less of an for them to not notice or notice. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I'm just saying it's exhausting. Like you're well, not wrong. <laughs> I can understand why. Two unlikely friends take on the world. And I really like the opposition party statement. That's Labour. Yeah, well, yeah this is what Labour said. Uh, Labour said, and I quote, We're glad that the government is giving more attention to LGBT plus issues, especially in relation to health and education, but much of this plan is yet more reviews and consultations. After years of empty rhetoric and broken promises, we need to see concrete actions to show the government is serious about tackling the inequalities faced by LGBT plus communities. I 100% agree with that. That's basically how I feel also. I thought yeah. that statement was was pretty bang on, actually. But I don't think... So that, just to, to conclude, I don't think it's right to just ignore an invitation to something like that, especially if things are moving or appearing to move in the right direction, whilst acknowledging that there is also a lot more to do. Find us on your socials at Gay Non-Gay. Listen at GayNonGay.com or just search Non-Gay at your fave pod app. And don't forget, we are in Edinburgh as part of the Fringe Festival uh, tomorrow, if you're listening to this on Wednesday. Yep, it's uh, at Moriarty's uh, Laughing Horse at 11pm on the 16th and 17th of August 2018. And it's a free festival. We'd love to see you. Yes, so Thursday the 16th, Friday the 17th. See you in there. And uh, don't forget to bring your taxi for Paul Banners. I thought you, don't you print them off? That's a good point. I'll bring, I'll bring them, don't worry, everyone. I'll be bringing the banners.